Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast. I am your host, as always, Carson Tamar, with a very fun group today for a very fun film and film franchise to talk about. I am joined by Lena Falds, Michael Fairbanks. How are you guys doing this fine week? Pretty good. I'm deciding how much of the Super Bowl I'm going to consume. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided if I'm just watching the halftime show and the commercials or if I'm actually watching the whole thing. My choice has been decided is just halftime. Alina, uh, are you watching the Super Bowl as a Canadian? I don't think you care. No, I don't know anything about football. I think it's a really uninteresting sport. Like, I don't understand why it stops every five seconds, yet they also have so many injuries. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm a hockey gal, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I probably won't even watch the halftime show. I like Rihanna, but, like, not enough to go and figure out where to watch the Super Bowl without cable. Did you say she said <laughs> she needs more time for an album? She was like, I'm starting on an album, but it might take time. Bitch, it's been like seven years. She's busy with her fire makeup line. I've never tried it, actually. I'm a rare beauty gal. But like, her makeup line is so good. I just haven't, I know my friends are obsessed with it. And she's doing like Savage X Fenty. Like she's doing stuff. She's busy. She's a mother. Fair. Okay. Fair enough about the mother part. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like these people do not do anything with their makeup line, but maybe, maybe she's really hands on. (laughs) I I feel like she, like she's not like a scientist in the lab, but I'm sure she has like input. How hard is it to say I want this color? And the formulas. (laughs) How much time? Listen, you're a man. You don't wear makeup. There's so much things to it. You know what? You could get a blush from the lab and you could be like, I want this blush to have a slightly more pink. I will have you know, back in the day, I watched the entire Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star makeup series. So I actually, as a man, do know how it works. And it did not seem that hard, but valid, I guess. You have been There's a lot of decision air. fatigue. I, I don't want to. You know what? It was back in the day. I was in high school. <laughs> oh, right? I know. It's just so funny. <laughs> you know, fuck Shane. Fuck both of them. They both suck. But you know, oh, they're the worst. We stand Trisha. Now Jeffrey Star has his comeback coming. Can you believe he exactly. killed those yaks? I'm still not over that. That really what? was the moment. He has a ranch. Yeah, but he posted he all these videos of like, oh, me and the yaks hanging out, and then the next video was like, here's their meat, and I was like. A lot of people who are in agriculture do that. For example, my father. But your father doesn't post TikToks of like painting their nails, you know? I would love it if he did though. He does have an Instagram and it's like all pictures of his cows. He doesn't like paint their nails or like braid their hair or whatever, but he loves those guys. Sometimes I ask him, do you know what cow you're eating? He's like, don't say that to me. Not me following your father on Instagram, but not you. Um, I'm going to need that immediately. You're definitely going to have to lurk the cow account for sure. sure. Um, well, you know his name. You'll find it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, I'll give you all an update next week on that. Uh, but today we're talking about Magic Mike's Last Dance. But first, I want to throw it out to the group. What's our thoughts on the first two Magic Mike's? What's our experience, our history with them? Michael, I'm going to go to you first because I knew from about a month ago, I was like, Michael, I feel like you're going to be on this episode for a reason. So I want you to begin and then we can just see how we all feel. So I saw the first Magic Mike in 2012 with my mom in an extremely mentally ill state of mind. In other words, I, until Friday, remembered nothing about it. 
And then in 2015, 20 minutes after getting dumped at a Chipotle, I walked over to the theater and saw Magic Mike Double XL completely suspecting that I was just going to have the most okay time. And then it ended up being my favorite movie ever. I think that Magic Mike Double XL is just such a masterpiece and just one of the best kind of portrayals of positive masculinity I've seen on screen. And I'm sure we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. But just like the, as I've kind of gone through the years, that movie has really, every single time I've watched it, just been such a joyful experience, which is not how I would describe the first one, which I watched on Friday. The first one is really dark and goes in a lot of just very seedy directions. And it feels like in retrospect of the whole series, which I think now feels like it's about someone coming out of a terrible situation and becoming kind of a happy, mature, adjusted stripper. Um, the first one is just feels like it's the thing that everybody comes back from. And I, I really appreciated the first one on a second watch and especially just Matthew McConaughey's just absolutely evil performance, which was just, it was insane. But yeah, no, I've, I've been just, I've had such a weird experience with this franchise. I feel like I unlocked two new installments this weekend though. Like I did like, like, I feel like the first one was like a secret prequel that I unlocked. Um, I saw the first Magic Mike in theaters. I think I was 15 when it came out. I don't remember who I saw it with. Um, and then I never bothered watching the second one for some reason, even though I remember liking the first one. And like, why would I pass up on the chance to see some hot male strippers? I don't know. Couldn't give you the reason. Um, so I rewatched both of them this Friday, like back to back. And it's like, crazy how different the two of them are like I really like both of them for different reasons like as Michael said the first one is a lot darker and like Channing Tatum and Alex Pettifer's character make a lot of like questionable choices as like they get more and more into the nightlife and I wasn't expecting the second one to be like just like a really fun and happy like little bro road trip and I really liked the um portrayal of male friendships throughout that um and it was so sweet and the gas station scene with like joe manganello was so funny i don't know how i've never seen that before when he's trying to get like the lady at the gas station counter with like the rbf to like crack a smile and she does i was like oh my god this is like making me so happy like i think i like it better than the first one just because it's just like so much happier it just sits so sweet um and I think that's something that gets lost with the third movie not to like get too far into that right now but I was like sad that like it does a complete 180 away from like these male friendships because even in the first one they're like friends even if they are making like questionable and negative choices so I don't know I enjoy the Magic Mike franchise I'm gonna echo what you guys said for some reason despite me being very gay and being a Sodenberg stan. Um, I never saw the Magic Mike films before like this year going into the third one. And I pretty much echo everything you said. The first one, I think Sodenberg is doing a lot of very interesting stuff, especially the financial crisis. I think it's well acted. The dances are great, like very good drama. 
The sequel, Magic Mike XXL, also amazing name, best sequel name like maybe ever, just an incredibly heartwarming, fun road trip, laugh out loud moments, like very much so wish I saw that in like a packed theater because I know it'd be fantastic. Leading up to the final dance, which I will say I was on my couch high as a kite and I was screaming. I mean, truly (laughs) like one of the most incredible cinematic sequences I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, but I was so as you mentioned, Lena. What was your favorite of the routines? Definitely the ending when it's the two mirroring each other at XXL, like incredible. Oh yeah, but Mike and Twitch yeah. mirroring each other. Oh yeah, fucking amazing, incredible. There's one in. Although Matt Bomer's song is a close second for me. Yes, I listened to that cover of "How Does It Feel" like just outside of the movie <laughs> a fair amount yeah i don't blame you i think there's a sequence in the third one at the end that i was like okay where does this rank on dances and i think it's my number two for the series but we will i assume get to that um but yeah as you mentioned elena sodenberg is back for the third one originally hbo max original then it got pushed to theaters which made me hopeful um and i will say jumping into the third one i am very mixed on it um i think it has Good, great performances overall. I think it is trying to do again. Sonnenberg is kind of trying to reel this in and do something more elevated as far as like, how do we look at dance? How do we look at love? How do we look at communication through physical expression? I think there's something there. The filmmaking's great at Sonnenberg, obviously. Everything he's doing recently is incredible. But I, I'll, I guess I'll leave it generally with that positive. The dance at the end is fucking phenomenal with Mike. Um, there are some issues with screenplay, but we will get into that in a minute. What did you guys think of the third Magic Mike's Last Dance? Um, I went into it, really. The only thing that I knew was that I was going to have a really different opinion. Because like, like I, my experience with the series is so weird that to me, like Magic Mike Double XL is the movie. And then the other two are like spinoffs almost. So to like see this one, I really did enjoy it because I just went in without any expectations of it living up to Double XL or the first one. And I just kind of watched it for what it was. And I, and I think that it is a really good throwback to those kind of like 80s romantic dance movies where it's like kind of completely swept up in that love story and unapologetic in that aspect. I think that uh, Channing Tatum and Selma Hayek were really just incredible together. I think the original casting was Thondaway Newton. And while I think that she's great, I don't know if she would have had the same chemistry that Channing Tatum and Selma Hayek had. And I think that the Selma Hayek character is a character that could have very easily gone off the rails if the actor had, had grounded it. And it, I did just think it was it was a it was a sweet story. I kind of, in a lot of ways, felt like it was just Ted Lasso with Magic Mike. It's a very similar premise of like this rich lady bringing in someone to fuck over her ex husband to kind of mess with his assets, and she kind of brings in someone who think she thinks is kind of kind of like doof it up, but maybe we'll see if there's a comeback, and then of course, eventually we get there. But like I I don't know I I, I think that. Soderbergh approaches Magic Mike with a lot more restraint than Gregory Jacobs, who made Double XL. And I don't know if that always is a positive. 
And I also don't know if Double XL has, or sorry, if Last Dance has a character on the level of Jada Pinkett Smith in Double XL, who I think should have been nominated for an Oscar. And it doesn't quite have like that level of a like enrapturing character, but I did really enjoy it. So I knew that it was like shifting more towards like a romance aspect of it. And I did really like Salma Hayek and Channing Tatum together. They have really good chemistry, especially um, the like first dance when they meet each other and like how that escalates. I thought that was so well done. I feel like the main issue I had with it was like the play or like the theater production they were doing itself because it just like made no sense to me. Like, I don't know what that play is, like, Isabel, whatever. And, like, they kept going on about, like, oh, feminism this, women's empowerment that. And I was, like, there's just, like, half-naked dudes grinding on her. I don't understand what they're going for. This, like, theatrical vision is not making sense to me. And so, like, every time they were in the theater, I was, like, I don't care. Just go back to Salma Hayek and Channing Tatum arguing with each other. I would prefer seeing that. I don't know. I feel like it's prob- It's like a really huge jump away from the first two. And I was really disappointed that you like barely see any of the other um, strippers. I forgot what their group is called. Cock the Kings of, Kings of Tampa. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. The Kings of Tampa. Yeah. I missed them. You only see them in one Skype call. And I was like, that is not enough. And like, I don't understand why they're not there. Like, why couldn't Mike have like brought them over to London? I, don't I think it. you you do miss a lot of that chemistry in the rehearsal scenes. Like, I didn't really mind that they weren't there for the romance parts, but I think because a lot of the actors in the in the rehearsal scenes are are actors from the live show that's in Vegas. They didn't mm-hmm. even really try to make them actors, and it, and it was interesting to go back and watch the first one because I think Soderbergh approaches the other guys in a similar way where he just doesn't really let them talk or do anything. And I think if Magic, if Mike had even brought along just Matt Bomer or just Joe Magniello, it didn't even have to be all of them. It did need that injection of like camaraderie because they, re- like, like you were saying, the play, like, like what they're doing in the play just doesn't make any sense. So there was like what there's one scene in particular where Mike is like breaking down how one of the songs is supposed to make the women feel like like the song is called it's like the song's called Permission. You're supposed to. Like, that's the sexiest aspect of it. And the other guy's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, totally. Like, there's just no attempt to make them characters. So I totally agree with that. I'm obsessed. I was just about to bring up your point from your review, Michael, that I saw on TikTok. And I totally forgot it was your point. And I was totally going to present it as my own that they weren't actors. Um, I will say, we didn't really mention the plot. And I want to get it on record. Because I truly feel like this is kind of a Mad Libs of a film. I don't know why no one's talking about, like, how batshit insane this movie is. That Mike meets this woman going through a divorce gives her a lap dance and then she says just come with me to europe for a month and mike has no idea what he's doing they lead he forgot that they fuck fuck. they walk into this old ass like theater that's very successful and she's just like okay mike you're gonna do a stage production that's gonna be a stripper show but it's also gonna be a play and i didn't really get why they didn't just hire strippers for the stripper show but like regardless whatever that's fine so then this is going to get back at her husband who cheated on her because it's going to be like a prank that is going to be like, everyone thinks it's just a play and then it's a stripper show. So I was like, okay, that's weird, but I guess it makes sense. Everyone's going to be like, it's all like sexual and that's gross. 
but then minor spoilers they do the play and then well okay so then also so much there is an issue with her husband trying to get it pulled because there's a piping issue that turns out to just be a complete non-issue and this makes her drop out of it and then they do the show anyway because apparently that did not matter and everyone loves it so i really don't get what the prank is because they just pulled off like a very successful stripper show that all these theater goers just ended up loving I, I don't get it, but yeah. it's very wild. Like you're telling me that like all of those uptight Brits were not like offended by the dude just like ripping off his underwear on stage. I don't believe you, especially when they thought they were gonna go see Isabel, whatever the fuck. Yeah, they're like riff- they're riffing on the old theater piece, and it like like it, it is really funny how. But like I guess, I guess like in a sense it felt realistic to me in the sense of like. It is just a bunch of random old people just going to see, like, some dinner theater play. Like, would they really care if they all of a sudden started just stripping? I'd be relieved, personally. <laughs> that, that would be a bit, like, like if I was, I thought I was going to go see some boring-ass, like, old classic, like, theater piece, and then it's just a bunch of du- dudes taking their clothes off. I think that's my I'm dream. I'm happy. I'm getting another drink. I would have loved Hamilton exactly. so much more if that just started happening midway through. Like, <laughs> I think that's the fourth magic mic that 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 there's your premise right there i do like the idea that they mix mediums i would love for them to like have a broadway show that is like that that's my vote but yeah i love that if i you think want, the live show is like that yeah well if you want the entire lore i don't think any of us have ventured to vegas to see the live show but there is apparently a lore within that i want to do it really badly but it hasn't come up so one day out and we'll report Clabbercast field trip <laughs> Right. I didn't even know there was a live show. And like, there's like a, you know how like actors have been doing a thing where they say, welcome to my movie before the movie starts. Yeah. Channing Tatum and Salma Hayek did that. And then they were talking about like the show in Vegas and how there was like a scene, a like dance from that that inspired this movie. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I like, I had no idea that there was like a live show. The only reason the movie got made is because of the live show. Cause they, they were going to leave it after double XL. And then Soderbergh saw the live show and he said that was what made him want to do the movie in the first place. I will say, I think yeah, Soderbergh might be the wrong choice here. That's like one of my takes is that I think the people from XXL keeping the same story. Cause you mentioned like how Soderbergh makes it way more focused. You lose a lot of the people from the second film. A lot of just like the focus on camaraderie is lost. I do feel like there is, and like, we'll get to my bigger issue here in a minute, but like, I do think that is a very key piece here of what, should be happening as far as developing the show developing all these dancers blah 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 and like Sodenberg just clearly doesn't care I really think Sodenberg's vision of this being something elevated was a mistake I don't think it's like makes it terrible but I think it's just like not what it should have been I don't know if that makes sense what's so funny is that Soderbergh was the DP of the second one and that the guy who directed the second one, I'm pretty sure was the DP on the first one or like is one of Soderbergh's longtime DP. So it's not like Soderbergh like completely dipped for the second one. He just must genuinely like just have his own take on it, which is just very funny to me. I mean, I think he sh- shoots it well, right? I think the, the dancing. Oh, I yeah. I feel like great. he makes questionable story choices. Oh, I feel yeah. like the biggest thing for me is there's like occasional narration throughout the film and I kept forgetting that it was narrated and it's narrated by Salma Hayek's adopted daughter who like interacts with Mike like twice and then she sounds like she's writing an essay or something and they kind of hint that she's writing a novel and I was like is she writing a novel about this strip show now I'm confused and like 
And then I would forget about her. And then she would talk again. And I was like, what is happening? I'm it was weird. Not I don't think either of you have seen it. If so, very you know, like love y'all. But 13 Reasons Why season four, I believe it was, did the exact I've seen every single episode, Carson. No way. Love that for you. They yes, do the exact same thing. It's bad, but I love it. Oh, it's it. terrible, but the best mm-hmm. show ever made. Really sad it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but they do the exact same thing where they have this random side character just add random narration in a British accent. It's exactly the same. It is shocking. I was like, wow, I really am back. And Magic Mike 3, who knew? Um, my biggest issue with the story is that I feel like in the story of Mike learning to love, and this is all about like an exploration of Mike and a narrative journey, I feel like the character of Max is really underwritten, specifically in ways that I, f- I personally feel like is problematic. I don't judge anyone for liking the film. I don't think it's like terrible or anything, but like I think there's a reduction of Max that she is powerless to her emotions. She's lost in her emotions. And the one thing that can pull her out is the sexual work of a man. Specifically, Mike, like, even in the production, she quits over what turns out to be just a non-issue. That She gives up at her, like, a instant article. Even the money she uses on the show belongs to her husband, not her. And then, like, Mike alone, with seemingly, like, one woman in the room, who, FYI, that hot topic, Alina was the most annoying fucking person in this movie, Peace and Love. Um just so Mike then just like knows what women want. And then that's also the key to her heart. And he solves all of her issues. I feel like there needed to be more agency within Max's character for me personally, but I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. agree with that, which is fine. Valid. Everyone. No, I agree with you because especially since they're making the play so much about like feminism and women's empowerment and all that shit that like didn't land for me. It's really weird that like Salma Hayek's character is like reduced to that. And I think, is Salma Hayek from Spain or is she, like, Latina? I don't know. I think she's from Spain. But I feel like it was really giving the, like, spicy, angry Latina stereotype a lot. Like, she would just get really mad over, like, nothing. Um, I didn't really like that very much. I feel like the more I talk about it, the less I like this movie, and that's sad. (laughs) What's funny is I actually saw an interview with Salma Hayek where she was talking about how she came in really late in the process and she was like it was so interesting to see how three men who wrote this movie view this woman they're kind of <laughs> like aliens i think she said they're like aliens so i don't think it's even lost on her how weird the character is i do think she played it so sincerely that it did work at the end of the day even though you're like you're definitely right like there are some moments where you're like where is your head I mean, luckily they do have that finale. I mean, not to like really overhype this for anyone who hasn't seen it. I like jaw dropped at Mike's last performance. And after that, you're on such a high. You're like, sure. I love that everyone's happy and everyone's like in love. That's great. Um, I think at least it ends on a really big high note that makes it work. You know what? I was thinking that whole time. I was like, where did this woman come from? Because, like, I don't oh, I remember know. her from any of this movie. Then all of a sudden, she's, like, in the finale. And she's not, like, the lead girl from the rest of the play. So I, the whole time, like, it's a beautiful performance. But I was like, who are you? What was, so, fu- what was so funny to me is it reminded me so much of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia scene where, like, Mac does his interpretive dance about, like, coming out it was so similar just with like the water coming down and just like the, even the choreography itself 
it was it was the same dance. It was a great scene, but that's all I could think about the whole time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think overall, I definitely can have fun with this movie. I would recommend if you're a fan of the other films, you know, go have fun with like the stripper love story. I it does. It's definitely I think the worst out of the three, but like you know, it's well directed. There's a heart here. I enjoyed it overall. To a point. Yeah, I I think it just is following up such a great movie. Like, I think that's really the main issue. Like, I think if this was just a random movie that Steven Soderbergh and Channing Tatum made, I think it probably would have gotten better reviews. Because I just think, at this point, the series just has such a long history, and it's also, there's just such a long time between movies that I think each one really has to be great. And I do really think that they tried to do something new with this one, which I appreciate. Personally, I hope it's not the last. I want I want them to do one when all of them are like in their late fifties and like, they are like trying to like get their late, like the midlife crisis one, basically. I hope that's the next. I one. sadly think, although it does Tarzan won't make up for that one. Looking at how, like it was shocking. <laughs> it was shocking sitting in that theater, seeing the progression from even XXL to here. He was always old. That's my favorite part about Tarzan oh. is if you look at the group scenes, he's not even doing it. He just like does the most basic version of it here. It looked like he was like, Oh, on his way out. Like, worried well that's how, maybe that'll be the plot they'll get together for tarzan's funeral listen kevin nash has been through a lot lately just leave him alone oh no we stand the man's 63 <laughs> and he lost his like best best friend last oh. year and he lost his son he has been going through a lot i did not know oh, that i want to put on the record i was yeah. not sorry no, i was not bullying this man after i you know valid I he's love a, him yeah. still. <laughs> he's a wrestler, right? Yeah, he That's used to be in the NWO with like Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall. Um, and he was, he's friends with like Triple H and like Shawn Michaels. They're in the clique. I really like Kevin Nash. He, I have him on a t shirt. So I don't know. I just like, he's been going through a lot lately. And he doesn't look bad, he just has white hair. He looks really good for a 63 year old wrestler, sure. actually, in my opinion. I now know why. Also, he don't was, age that well. I now know why Paul skipped this episode <laughs> is because he knew this would come up. He was like, oh, wrestling? He's no. like, oh, no. Alina's somehow going to make this about professional wrestling. <laughs> I mean, when a wrestler is fully in the movie, I think that I think that's pretty valid. I think it's valid. Fully in the movie. It, it's also he does like, have that three-minute hmm. Zoom call. <laughs> We did. That's the other thing. Like, we don't really know how he looks because I really liked that scene. I actually, like, thought that they got the camaraderie back really well especially over zoom which is so fucking awkward but i really liked how they made the zoom look really shitty because normally like people will be zooming in movies and they're all like with the ari alexa like webcam (laughs) and like i really liked how no one had good reception at all so like to be fair did we really see what kevin nash looked like or did we just see some pixels that are you know i was not trying to bully kevin i was not trying to say he looked dead (laughs) i was just saying i was shocked at the white hair all i was saying guys peace and love you were just saying in your opinion he's not i was just well i'm just saying you know, he's 60, what, like five or whatever? He's 63. Okay, so like, let's say it takes 30 years for the other people to get, like, you know, I'm just saying, I don't think he might. It's not going to take 30 years for the other guys to be in their late 50s. How old is Chad Tatum? 
He's 40. I'm saying it would be like in 15, like 10, 15 years. Okay, you know what? When they're all like 55 plus, I think like that's the line. Okay, well, Kevin, hold on because we need you for that. Um, do you guys have any last thoughts you would like to say about Magic Mike's last dance? I just think it was good. Like, like, like I really did. Like I, I, I was in such a position to be disappointed. Like I really was just like, as much as I was fighting the impulse to just be like, this sucks. Like I, like I really didn't really ultimately, what I mean is I thought I was going to be fighting that impulse the whole time. And then I was watching it and actually was enjoying it. And I was like, I mean, I could just pick this apart, but fuck it. I'm just going to go for the ride, I guess. Hell yeah. To me, it was just aggressively fine. It's fine. I liked it. <laughs> uh, so if you want to see Magic Mike, the Ma- Magic Mike's Last Dance, you can go in theaters right now. I assume we'll be on HBO Max within two months. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know how the box office is going. That's a very generous amount of time. Right, right. Well, it, it's it, it'll be it'll be more like a month. Sure. I would I would say. I mean, the fact that it's even in theaters is crazy. With the whole thing of how it was made for streaming, and then Warner Discovery is just so broke that they're like, "Fuck it, we'll put it in theaters" because it had one good test screen. If only they had. Any- I so forgot that it was originally streaming, and when you guys said that, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. Like, this feels like a streaming movie." Oh, right? it does. It's and it, it, yeah, and like. I was so worried that it was going to be one of the tax write-off movies, like when that whole junk was going on. I was on the edge of my seat because no one was talking about Magic Mike 2 because Batgirl, deservingly so, was the main one. But like, I was like, I was really on pins and needles because like it took them so long to make this movie, and that would just be such a classic thing to happen to me that they would cancel it because of a fucking tax write-off they need to keep sodenberg happy i mean if he's gonna just be supplying their original movie releases for hbo max every year like you gotta keep that man That's happy he's true. making what like three every year um and now he's got a tv series coming that's the next thing i did not know that that's interesting uh yeah it has claire danes and zazzy beats it's, it's, oh. it's, a, good, it's a good show hopefully oh. yeah <laughs> you are you're confirming it's good got it um, if it's not good, I'll blame you. Having seen zero frames of it. I really do like Soderbergh, though. I think he's just getting better. And, like, tr- I love most of his recent work. So. Kimmy was phenomenal. Kimmy was great. I, like, let them all talk. I don't know opinions in the room if anyone saw it. Yeah. Everyone same. else hated it. Oh, no, I, I liked it, it, too. I thought I... I, I'm so glad you're with me on it. That was just such a, like, old ladies movie, and I was really down for it. Yeah. <laughs> way, more, way more than most people. Lucas Hedges just being weird as shit. Just and a weird just old dude. ladies playing board games on the, on the... Oh, I love that movie. That was the most random movie. On Meryl Streep is just reading it. literally by a pool, like, for t- 10 minutes. And I was like, I love it. I'm here for it. I wish I was real. I did not see that one. I think you'd like it. It's 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 such a just it like in its own way, it's sort of like double XL where it's so much just like we're on this trip and we're seeing what happens. But they're all stuck on a cruise, so it's a little more It's like a way less dramatic White Lotus, kind of. Like I feel like yes. nowadays mm-hmm. if it released, everyone would be like, Oh, it's like the White Lotus, but like I don't know. I, I really like that. <laughs> you might you might not. Know. I love that like people said something at a hotel and they're like, This is just like the White Lotus. Yeah. It's the funniest thing to me. 
Like when Paul was like, oh, Infinity Pool, it's just like White Lotus. And I was like, is it? Or are they just at a resort? <laughs> are they all like really rich in Infinity Pool? That's what I heard was. Yes, but Lotus. also it's like like body I horror. don't know. Yeah. The thing is about Infinity Pool, I saw it like a couple of days ago. It didn't really feel like any of them were like super, super rich. But like the like fake like made up country they're in seems just like super 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 poor that their money just goes a long way they didn't seem like incredibly Mm. rich to me i think they just like went there to exploit those the third world country laws i don't know though i didn't really like it sorry i still haven't seen it because i have epilepsy so i couldn't i couldn't risk it that's valid i was i was gonna watch it on hulu and then like walk away from the tv during the um strobe scenes that's valid. There yeah. was like quite a few of them. So That's what I've heard. Yeah. And they put, you know, it's bad because they put a warning in the movie, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. That's how I was like, because I've, I've risked it before. Like when they have the little sign outside of the theater, mm. I'm kind of like, it'll be fine. If they put the warning in the movie, I'm like, I'm fucked. Like, like they didn't even do that for Skinamarink. And that was a insane. I just watched that. Insane that they did right? I, right? I just feel like there's yeah. no like I don't have epilepsy. I just feel like why put it in a film at this point? I don't know. I really don't get it. But exactly. it's valid, I guess. It's like a crutch for like horror directors because well, it's just such a like haunted house staple. I hit I get a and they don't really from think it. about it. I just feel like physically ill yeah. afterwards. I'm like, great guys, that was fun. Now I'm gonna <laughs> associate your film TV. with throwing up. Great. <laughs> That that damn TV <laughs> in Skinamarink was fucking taking me out. Honestly, though, I would have also left midway through just because I was so bored. But that's valid. Hated that. I was frustrated because I liked it, valid. and it was like like I, I thought it was I thought it was so interesting. But I I was like I'm gonna fully like die if I stay in this. Theater. You know, it probably isn't worth it at that point, even if you like. No, not at all. No. I didn't see that one either. I feel like ever since I quit Twitter, I'm just so out of the loop with movies. And people will be like, oh my gosh, there's like this weird Twitter drama happening. Or like, did you see this on Twitter? I'm like, no, I did not. Happy for you, though. Unfollow everyone. And it does Elon feel- Musk, thank you, added the following tab that's separate than the For You tab. So now I literally click following. I read three tweets and I'm done for the day. My dream. I love and that. none of them are film related. I don't know. I've like quit for like two three months now that i feel like i would just like lose if i went back on twitter <laughs> can't do it to myself not yet i don't blame you maybe one day i'll cave but not yet meanwhile i live there <laughs> i'm just sitting there i scanning. used to live there and now i have other hobbies so that's that's wow what's that like i took up embroidery if you did not Ooh. hear and no, it's I didn't. sick do you want to see the little things i made our listeners yeah. don't care but yes, i have to show you they're cute I bought these like little embroidery kits off Etsy. Etsy. I made I this that. koala bear. Uh, I made this elephant. I made this panda bear. I think it's the best one. Um, and then I made the sloth. Adorable. And I ordered six more that are coming on Tuesday. So stay tuned. It's so fun. And they take me like six hours. So like I'm just like sitting there watching Yellowstone and just like shoving needles through cloth. I'm like, this is so relaxing. I love my life right now. That explains so how you watched That explains how you watched all of Yellowstone in about a week. Every day you were like on the yeah, next season. I'm like, what? In a week. <laughs> it's so good. And I just like had to know what happened. Cause it was like one of those shows where it ends on like a cliffhanger. And I was like, shit, I need to know what happens next. And I just really like 
most of the characters. And I'm mad that, like, shows are doing this thing where they split, like, seasons into, like, season five part one and season five part two. That's annoying. They're doing that with you right now. I watched, I finished you season four part one yesterday. And I was like, why do I have to wait a month to see the second half? It's not even that good of a season. Why'd you split it in half? The Yellowstone stuff is there's like, there's, do you know about all the Kevin Costner drama with Yellowstone? I heard my friend told me that he like won the Golden Globe and like now he like might not come back for season six or something. And that he might be replaced by Matthew McConaughey. And I don't understand that. No, exactly. He doesn't want to film for long. Why wouldn't Matthew McConaughey be in the Texas one? That you know what that that is valid. I really feel like that is where he should be. But yeah, no. Apparently, he doesn't want to like film for more than like sixty ish days per season because he's like directing a movie now, or he's about to. So and he's just been on Yellowstone for so long that he's just like done with it. So I think yeah, I think they are cycling him out for McConaughey. When it's wild that Matthew McConaughey hasn't worked with Taylor Sheridan yet. Like that's that's crazy to me. I need to watch some of the spinoffs, at least like the one with Harrison Ford. But I haven't got to get Paramount Plus. Embroidery kits. I got the stupid like Amazon Prime Paramount Plus extension, um, and then I canceled it. And I'm waiting for Yellowstone to come back, and then I'll get it again. That's valid. Because I only work part time now for an evil fast fashion corporation, so I can't afford to be paying for Paramount Plus monthly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> that's valid. Yeah. I only have it because a friend of mine works at Paramount. Life they hack. Let, and they let, right, That's exactly. Very valid. <laughs> they let him password share. Well, good thing he doesn't work at Netflix now. Um, right. Shout out right, Netflix exactly. for giving me a free account. Keep that going, please. Because <laughs> I do, I will not pay for your service otherwise. Um, I don't know if we have anything, but let's go to our rapid reviews for the week on anything you've seen this week that you'd like to talk about, new or old. Alina, have you watched anything, or do you want to just talk about Yellowstone? Um, well, other than Yellowstone and you, I have not really been watching movies. You season four, I was so excited for it to come back. Um, like, season three was crazy, and then season four happened, and I don't give a shit about any of those rich British people. They are such uninteresting characters, and, like... I feel like Joe is, like, majorly hating on the, like, eat the rich killer. And I get that because he's a murderer. But those guys are such assholes. I think I'm on the serial killer side. Um, I'm just, like, really sad and disappointed about this season. Like, the first episode was, like, good. And then I got bored. And I'm sad. It kind of seems like Penn Badgley's at the point where he's, like, done doing it, too. I I only got to, like, the third season, like, about midway through. But I like in his interviews and stuff, I'm really getting the impression that he's like, all right, this was a lifetime show I was supposed to do for one season. And now it's a whole yeah. commitment. I think especially with like how many like women are like obsessed with Joe and he hates that. I think he's just like so fucking over it. And the uh-huh. sex scene thing, too, where like apparently mm-hmm. he said he didn't want to do any more sex scenes. I, I'm, I'm sure that comes across in the new season. I haven't seen it, but I yeah. feel like he's... Joe is a lot more chaste than ever, which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I feel like there's no point in them doing a season five of you, but it is one of their more popular shows. So I don't know. What have you guys been watching? Michael? Um, yes, yesterday I saw um, the Bollywood movie Pathan, 
which is Did you like, like it? yeah, it was really good. It's okay. it's like a kind of like Mission Impossible spy, like kind of. Uh, you know what it actually is? Is it's two like hot spies going up against each other. It was like if the Gray Man was good, and anyone anyone who like follows me knows. No, no, right, right. I was about to get there. Anyone who follows me knows that the Gray Man was a major guilty pleasure for me last year. But like, it's not like a good movie. This sort of like has the same kind of like setup, but it has the really kind of inventive like Bollywood action, and all the actors are just so charismatic. It has two absolute banger songs. I, it was my first Bollywood movie that I've ever seen in theaters. I had a blast. Oh, yeah. I'm probably gonna it's go playing back. at my local theater and I was so shocked so I think I'll go see it on a t- on Tuesday or something and then I remembered there's so many Indians in my hometown now like it's crazy everywhere I look there's a brown person and I love it it was not like that 20 years ago I was like where were you guys when I was getting called a packy on the playground <laughs> <laughs> so like stoked that there's enough of them that I can see a Bollywood movie in a theater I've never seen a Bollywood movie that in a theater actually i've not it was a blast no it's definitely worth seeing in theaters it it, like the action in it is big and like there are definitely like bits and pieces that they fill in with i i'll generously say cartoonish looking uh like cgi here and there but like for the most part it's really like big practical action definitely worth seeing like definitely go in a theater i i feel like it won't wouldn't hit exactly the same also just major buy panic if that's the anyone who's reviewed the movie has said that but but it it, it needs to be said in any uh any scenario it's also just very funny because the main character is named Pathan and the villain is named jim and, <laughs> and, and jim, jim, jim who i found much hotter than Pathan, by the way is like a full domestic terrorist and just half the time they're like we need to stop jim <laughs> just, it cracked me up is sharik khan uh Pathan? Yes, I think so. Okay, makes sense. The I guy who's like the I I'm not I don't like have all their names met, but the guy who was like a major Bollywood star who's like yeah had had Charak. never played an action role. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's, yeah, he's my he's, second he's favorite forgot. Bollywood actor. My first favorite's Rithik Roshan. So every time Rithik Roshan's in a movie, I will watch it. But like Sharik, not as much. I like him, but not as much. He was very good in this. Very, you, okay, if you liked it, you should watch like any of the like action movies that like Rithik Roshan is in he's really good in the Krish movies he plays like it's like an Indian superhero movie and they're so good they're bad but they're really good (laughs) I will and he's hot he's hot okay what did you no pressure Alina if you see it in theaters and want to do an episode reach out because I would be down because I can also see it and I think it would do anger number wise um you're talking about the yeah you're also, of course, invited. I'll go on. If you want. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. But if you want to, I am down. I just need okay. to go see it. I'll go week. see it on Tuesday. Okay, I'll see it this week also then. Um, I am not going to mention any feature films. But I will mention I started diving into the Oscar shorts after accepting that I wasn't going to do it. Because I was like, fuck, I need to watch these. And one I want to mention is, <laughs> I, you know I cannot pronounce any words. So if I get this wrong, sorry, I went to speech therapy. You can't blame me. Um, it's called Hello, I think. And it is just this guy who goes to this cabin. It's like 20 minutes long. I think it's on YouTube. And he just is surrounded by walruses. Adult, like hundreds, 
thousands of walruses. He's sleeping in his bed and outside the window. There's just like hundreds of walruses, all with their faces, their big, fat, cute faces pressed against the window. And it's very sad at the end because he has to count how many die during this thing. But like, it is also the most adorable documentary short I've ever seen in my life. And it really made me be like, how do I do this job? How do I just be surrounded by giant, dumb, blubbery walruses? So I just highly recommend that because it is fucking adorable. If you don't want to be sad, though, turn it off <laughs> before the last like five minutes. Um, but that would be my mention. Uh, where can we find everyone on social media? Michael? Uh, King of Burbank on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the stuff. Alina? I am at Alina Falls on everything, but I just use Letterboxd right now. Valid. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd, just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for watching slash listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.